This is Malachi Clark and talking to Eamon Dunn here on the Out of Time podcast. I'm trying to stifle a yawn as we start off here, Eamon, because uh, I bailed out of the golf at like half one last night, which is <laughs> about, it was about an hour and a half before the end. And they were coming, like Gary Woodland, uh, who went on to win the US Open uh, by three shots, was coming to like the 12th or so. And, I, and he had gone, there was a shot in it. Uh, and I was going, I really don't have another hour and a half in me <laughs> to like to to watch this. So uh, I went up to bed, and um, the worst thing about it was I couldn't sleep. So I was lying there for I would say another hour, kind of going, "Ugh, why don't I just go downstairs and watch the rest of the golf?" But I couldn't do it because I had to come in and do this wonderful podcast <laughs> that people love, that people would be depending on me having been. Of sound mind and body. To be fresh. To be fresh. So the upshot of it all was that I did eventually find sleep. Uh, and you, who was first man into the Irish Times this morning at 6am, yep. will tell the boss, <laughs> knew the result of the US Open before I did. I do it first, yeah. yeah. Um, I suppose McElroy's late charge never materialised, materialized, which no. was kind of the big one for us. I was coming in this morning thinking if McElroy had won it, I'd be having a very... Very busy, busy morning. Very busy morning, so. No, um, uh, well, I could have told you you were safe on that score <laughs> by about mm, half ten last night. Yeah. The, that wasn't going to happen. No, he, he actually did have six birdies in his final round, but he also had two double bogeys. Yeah, and they, and, they, were, uh, they cost them. Though, though, at, at one point, uh, uh, all of the top 13 players were under par for the day except Rory McIlroy, which is, you know, on a Sunday... At a mm. major, it's just... Again, for him. A little bit again. Although this is funny. It's funny, we, I come in here this morning and Jenny, uh, the producer, who by her own admission, into all the sports, but uh, gets her golf through Irish Golf News or I, like RT Radio and all that sort of stuff. She's going, McElroy failed again, yeah. <laughs> I was going, well, I mean, he came ninth. <laughs> you know, <Yeah. laughs> but that is, but Jenny, <laughs> you're right. Jenny. Last, yeah. That is a failure. It is a failure for yeah. him. You know, but he's still been consistent as he has been all year. He's been the best golfer yeah. in the world all year, yeah. more more or less. Like he's yeah. won twice, and he's had. There's, I think this is nine top tens. Yeah. But um, no, Lowry yes. consistent enough again. Yeah, but it, it, essentially, Rory Graham and, and and Shane all ended on more or less the same score after having completely different weeks. All all three of them, you know. Uh, West Coast of the US uh, golf major is a real killer because, like, the leaders went out last night at like twenty to yeah. eleven. Who has the time? Yeah. You know, who has that? It really does sap it. Um, for us especially. It is, well, for us especially, it certainly saps it after uh, a long day of GAA. Uh, we're going to have uh, Keith Duggan on in a little bit to talk about the wonder, the wonder, Eamon, of uh, Russ Common's Connacht title win. I expected it. You expected at half it. Time. But we will start with Hurling and Sean Moran is in. Thanks for coming in, Sean. Not so. You were uh, at Tippin Limerick yesterday. Uh, I so I sort of caught a ha- the second half of it. I was listening to the first half on the radio and I caught the second half. Um, and I couldn't work out whether it was... Was it phony war stuff or was it a little bit more than that? Um, probably the former. I mean, in the sense that I think you have to look at the context of the two counties. Mm. Tipperary named a very strong team. 
probably their first team and were determined to maintain the momentum that they've established in the Munster around Robin. Yeah. Winning all their matches. Um, and it is a tip thing. I mean, Nicky English mentioned it in his column and he would have mentioned it in the past that Tipperary very much a momentum county that, you know, they, they get winning things that can be hard to stop. So I'd say Liam Sheedy didn't probably, want, probably didn't want to interfere with that too much. Mm. Um, Limerick are a completely different kettle of fish. I mean, Limerick came through... You know, the uh, as the third place team last year, they they won on All Ireland, having lost a match in in Munster. I think they probably focus and have experience of focusing on the end game rather than you know the journey yeah. in between. So they made a number of changes to their side. Now, in that context, I mean, I think it was genuinely contested. I don't think you know anyone was was holding back, but uh, Tipperary were were just better on, on the afternoon and there were all sorts of other things that didn't really help. I mean, the big problem for Tip really are those injuries to Cahill Barrett and Bonner Marr. Have we a sense of how Well, how, how Barrett seemed to be a hamstring and he kind of made his own way off, but he's not going to be right for the Munster final. Mm. Um, we'll see after that. Uh, the word on Bonner Marr was a lot gloomier. I mean, he was stretchered off and... Uh, Liam Sheedy has been asked afterwards about cruciate and of mm. course he didn't know and it has to sure. be scanned and that yeah. but it's not looking great and they're two key players for Tipperary and have been in the championship to date so uh, that was bad news for them the rest of it was was routine I mean they're just they were better than the Limerick they're, they're, they got good they got good work rate as well in a match that, that mm. you know that didn't ultimately matter yeah. because the word was coming through from Ennis that uh, the Clare were, were kind of beating Cork mm. so Neither side's place in the Munster final was really threatened no. during the afternoon. Mm-hmm. So uh, it was, uh, you know, humdrum enough and extraordinary. Nearly 40,000 people there to <laughs> yeah, watch it. Indeed. I wonder who will they get as many for the final? You'd wonder, although I'd say being in Limerick, and yeah. Limerick have done a lot recently. They haven't won a Munster title. They could become, I think it's the first team since Tip in 2001 to hold All-Ireland League wow, and course, provincial yeah, title. Yeah. Now, the whole question of the provincial finals is another day's work altogether mm. because you're looking at it and thinking, like, that's going to be a big match. And, you know, it's not a determining match and that both sides keep going, but it's going to sap energy. And for Limerick, you know, winning a Munster title and for t- Tip for that matter. And they're going off and doing this in a slightly irrelevant context. If you think of it this way, uh, you know, last year, Clare had all the hype going in against mm. Cork and they're expected, not expected to win, but fancied good first half, very poor second half. They came out of that and all they were in was an All-Ireland quarter final. Limerick came out and had to play one of the Joe McDonough teams mm. and they're in an All-Ireland quarter final mm. as well. You know, mm. that there's a sort of a disproportion in how, how you get there. And the prize uh, on offer I mean, it's a big prize to win your provincial title, mm. but how it slots into the rest of the year season. It is interesting because I, you you do look around and you wonder, like, is the prize of going straight through to the semi final is that a prize? Like, is that well, it's hey, that any a, good to anybody? Really interesting is, question in Munster. Yeah, uh, you know the stats on on the Munster are champions are yeah. are shocking. Yeah. Something like I don't know. 12. 10 out of 12 or something have lost something, their All-Ireland yeah, semi-final. Yeah, something really, really bad, yeah. Uh, you know, the only one in recent times would be, uh, would be Tipperary in, in, in 2016. And funnily enough, I think Tipper are a team that uh, can actually ride that horse a bit. You know, if they win Munster, they go into an All-Ireland semi-final in, 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 in top in top shape. And I'd say that it 
was noted in Tipperary that Galway had now exited because <laughs> Galway Tipperary has been a, a really interesting fixture oh, in recent yeah, years. Yeah, yeah, nothing especially between semi final stage. Yeah, yeah, despite despite what stage they yeah. they were in at the yeah. time. So uh, you know, I'd say all in all, a good weekend for Tipperary, but but the, the caveat of those injuries, which are bad news. Matt Maher, Bonner's done his cruciate before, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so it, but, but it's it's just a. It'll be an awful loss because uh, he was um, he's right back in in form, and the thing is, they they have nobody like him. No, he's you know if if Bubbles or John McGrath like great players, if they get injured, um, they have sort of like for like, or they can jig things around. But Bonner is, yeah. They, they don't have when, 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 when they're getting to an All Ireland semi final and final phase. Um, the, his his work rate, well, his, his, his energy, his, his work his rate, energy, his physicality, his, his, his but even this absolute year, nuisance this year, value. His touch as yeah, well. Ah, yeah. Been super. Yeah. Uh, and uh, <laughs> you know, I suppose like Dan McCormack is the the nearest like for like mm. re- replacement. But I mean. You know, Mar's been in phenomenal form yeah. this year, so it's very, very unfortunate for him, particularly and, and the team as well. Mm. Um, <laughs> in a way, I wasn't overly surprised at Cork and Clare at, at either of them, for mm. <laughs> Clare for winning or, or, or Cork for losing, um, because uh, like I, I suppose you can only you can only put people down for so long, uh, and Clare. Clare couldn't have been as bad as as they had been. Yeah, Clare were an example. I mean, of a team that really picked up form last year mm. on, on the road, and I mean, after a really depressing uh, Munster final, um, where they were getting the same sort of grief they're probably getting in the yeah. past couple of weeks. Yeah. Uh, you know, they 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 came out and, uh, and 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 went really close to beating Galway last year and getting to an All Ireland final, and who knows what would have happened. There against mm-hmm. Limerick, you know, and one of those kind of uh, those frontier uh, rivalries, um, but they didn't. And this year, they've been really poor enough mm. right through. But it, you're right. I mean, one of the things that we kind of pick up as we go along are these sort of uh, these things that get noticed. And one of the things that got noticed this year, just in time for it to. Uh, uh, to be debunked was Fortress. Yeah, Fortress Ennis. Ennis. Yes, yeah. yes, yes uh, indeed. Yeah. So we were telling him about Fortress Ennis just before Tip came to visit. Uh, so uh, that had kind of disappeared off the screen. Yeah. And yet, you know, not an easy place to go to, as Cork found out. This weekend, or, you know, last year, um, Clare gave Limerick, who would win the All Ireland, yeah. an 11 point beating. Yeah. Uh, so it's not. And, and Cork have been hot and cold, you know. I mean, Cork. Looked awful in the match against Tipperary, their first match, uh, and they made very heavy weather of of Waterford. Yeah, I mean, Waterford this week as well, and probably dug in a bit. But yeah. everyone, I mean, Cork have great kind of ball playing forwards and this ability to to shoot on sight, and that's great. But the weaknesses at the back, and yeah. uh, they were still in evidence when they were beating Waterford, and yeah. they were actually in a. They were kind of on the line yesterday because if, if Limerick could have got something out of that, like a draw, oh, big they were gone. Oh, this head was, absolutely, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, they were. I know. Oh, I was sort. Of, I was sort of boring people with this all week, saying, mm. "Listen, Clare are not gone here. Mm. It is going to take very, very little for them to go through. All it, all it takes is for Limerick to get a draw, yeah, and and Clare to win, and, and any and, sort of win, any yeah. sort of win, and Clare are through." Because like. people were carried away by the. 
you know, the, the disparity, disproportion yeah. in the scoring differences. But that but didn't that matter a damn. Uh, it, yeah. In in the end, it, it in did. the end it did. But, but, it, but had had, yeah, Limerick, yeah, had, Limerick, had Limerick got a result, way, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. it was you know, and so Cork were gone. Yeah. That was kind of as I say, it was kind of boring people all week, kind of going like, okay, Clare have been appalling, but like. There's, there's. The it'll take, it'll take very yeah. little for them to get through here. Claire really targeted that full back line as well. Put Tony Kelly inside, and they really let it in. Like so, mm. and yeah. Cadigan, own Cadigan looked to have been the solution, a full back, and then end up taking him out, putting Damien Callan back in, which is kind of a worrying enough. Yeah, there's a sense of a Cork kind of, um, you could say improvising or making it up as they go along. That they, you know, like after the Tipperary match, um, when they gone in with high hopes for Tim O'Mahony. It's, Centre back, mm. he got shelled, and Mark Ellis, who had Mark literally Ellis. watched that he was match, on the stand. On, uh, yeah, in, uh, in the street, clothes, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> comes in at, at centre yeah. back, um, where for whatever reason, I mean, John Myler obviously decided that uh, Mark Ellis wasn't going to be his, his centre mm. back, uh, but then he he was. So there are agree with Eamon, there th- those kind of issues about the centre of the the Cork defence kind of largely unresolved at the moment. Mm. I, I think the kind of monster kind of, I suppose, way things ran out with, with the Clare result was so close because it, you were saying if Clare won and Limerick drew, it seemed so unlikely, but it nearly happened. But then what we were saying might happen in, on Saturday did actually happen. What was what was the story on with the match? This was exactly it. On on Saturday night, like um it it, it was funny. We were in the in the in the in the press box in Parnell Park and I actually got there early enough that I, I was able to get into the uh, the there's a little kind of glass panelled place that we sort of share with with the radio lads yeah. and so you, so uh, across uh, behind a, a sort of a wooden divide, Porrick Lodge and Henry Shefflin were there for for radio one <laughs> and uh, and like I had all the permutations it, it worked out and, and I was really very very certain. Uh, you know what was going to happen, and this would mean this, and that would mean that, and whatever. <laughs> and uh, with about five minutes to go, all he could hear was because uh, Orty had gone to the other game, and so uh, uh, Porrick and and Henry were there, kind of just chatting among themselves. And with about five minutes to go, he could hear Henry go. So if it's a draw here, or if or I think he was going. So if it's a draw down in Wexford Park. What does that mean for here? And we all just kind of burst out laughing because we knew like that that mm. a draw in Wexford Park meant that a Dublin win put Galway out of the championship. Yeah, yeah. And it was like people were, you know, it was it, at the end when the final whistle went and Dublin had won and like the place went absolutely do lally. Um, there was a load of Galway people there and the, their stats team was sort of sitting down from us uh Frantically watching what was going on down in, in Wexford Park, yeah. and when Lee Chin got the equaliser, like the a heap of the Galway supporters did not know. They were kind of going, "What does that mean now?" And we we're going, "It means you're gone, lads. It means you're you're out." Yeah, the same was happening in Wexford Park. I was talking to Michael Zeignan mm-hmm. yesterday, who was who was at it for RTE, uh, was saying that people in Wexford Park didn't know mm. what was going on, yeah. uh, and the players even. I mean, Aidan Long got a red card. Uh, for basically rowing with the ref over the amount of time played, that there was a kind of a a, a tendency uh, amongst the Wexford crowd to think that maybe they, a draw they was were no good. The, no. Yeah, yeah, a draw was no good, and the ref hadn't played enough time because mm. for added uh, uh, drama, the uh, clock in Wexford Park was Seized wrong. Up. Right. So I was, I was watching <laughs> it on television, and you could see that he the four minutes was up, mm. but in the ground it was only two and a half minutes. Ah, so. Okay, yeah. 
Wexford players thought they'd been shortchanged, and uh, you know, were they thinking ninety eight yeah, and, yeah, and yeah, awfully? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Uh, no, the the refs timekeeping was was fine, but it, it was just this sensational end in both places that no one really knew uh, what was happening uh, on the radio this morning. Um, you could hear. Um, uh, one of the Wexford players. Oh yes, I was interviewed. To it. Yeah. Yes, where, yes. Where the PA announces that uh, Wexford will be in the in, in the, the Leinster final. final, and the face uh, went mad. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it is astonishing, and it, it's really kind of a tribute to the to the the way this thing has, has panned out. You know, four teams on on the same number of yes. points, separated on on scoring difference. I mean, okay. We probably can't take that as a template for how it'll play out every year, but it was true. No, but uh, but again, just like we couldn't take last summer for a template of how the Monster Championship was sure. going to play yeah. out every year. But you know, if we get one uh, one really interested one a year, we're we're. But I think we're what happens fine, is, yeah. I think that uh, no, okay, the the, the future, uh, assuming this goes ahead, will be the the judge of this. But you feel that with the home and away arrangements mm. and with the regular pattern of matches that it eliminates some of those really overbearing relationships that Absolutely. happened in the provinces yeah. where you know you, you went to the big neutral venue yeah. and the established team always started really with with an advantage yeah. and yeah. Uh, and that's been really mixed up and I oh, know that massively like like Parnell Park on Saturday night was fantastic yeah. like it was a brilliant and you could you knew like the, the place was, was jammers with sort of half an hour before throw in and you you really knew that Dublin really fancied it, and they were sharpening their sharpening their swords waiting on Galway, um, and they you know it was it was a result that needed to come for Dublin for for Hugely. a few years yeah. now you know like and, they, and, they, and had they just had they kind of leaked out the hole in the bucket uh, as the fourth team again having played so well against Kilkenny and so well yeah. against Galway had they just kind of leaked out. Not good, you know, but, but it, it was it was interesting what what happened in the build up. Um, I was in Nolan Park the previous week, and Kilkenny, um, you know, at home and Galway beat them, and you think Galway Galway are back, mm-hmm. and I think that gave my initial impression was bad news for Dublin. Galway are back, mm. coming to town next week. But in a way, I wonder was it kind of gave a greater cover for Dublin during the week. Little I mean, bit, yeah. expectations were fairly, were, were lowered, I think, amongst, mm. you know, the, the, the public, not necessarily the team them, themselves. Um, and it's just a terrific outcome. For yeah, them. and to be fair to them, they overcame a few things, like Paul Ryan and, and David Tracy were both injured, so yeah. Oshin O'Rourke had to take the freeze and he missed absolutely nothing and scored two points from play as well. Yeah. Um, and, like, Conal Keeney was just amazing. They lost Owen O'Donnell after. Owen O'Donnell went after 11 minutes, but, uh, oh. did his hamstring. That was evened up a little bit about five minutes later because Connor, Connor Whelan, Whelan got, yeah. got emptied by Shane Barrett and, and you know left the ground in a sling later on. Um, so that sort they sort of evened, evened each other out a little bit. Um, but uh, yeah, Keeney and Chris Crummy and yeah, Danny Sutcliffe played really, really well. And... Um, they were great. They were. They, they were. It was, and it was mighty for them, you know. Yeah. Um, because it's you know they're they are an underdog side, you know. Like you know, we, I, I often think you know for for all the the giving out that that people do about um, uh, the Dublin football team uh, eating the other football teams in the in the province and 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 in the country. They've also eaten the the Dublin hurlers a little bit over the years, you know. Like if you, you go through the Dublin footballers and see yeah. the, the great hurlers that are playing football yeah. there, you know. Yeah. Um, 
and so for an, for them to have their night in the sun, you know, for for it to come and you know they took everything that 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 Galway threw at them. You know, Joe came on and and scored a couple of points. Wasn't really in the game, but he came on. Cahill Mannion was decent. David Burke was was actually very very good. Um, and at certain points, as they as they came down the stretch, you were going, actually Galway are just the better team here. But they never threatened a goal really at all, and Dublin and just Dublin got in for for three goals, and two of them just came from Chris Cummy, who had Johnny Glynn like nailed down all night, uh, and just kind of left him for dead a couple of times, snuck up the pitch with nobody noticing him, once got fouled for a penalty, and the other time scored the winner. Yeah, they do have superb individuals like yeah. like Crummy, Moran, Sutcliffe, Rush. Yeah, Moran was brilliant. He yeah. really was brilliant. Yeah. You know. Yeah, yeah, and they do. Yeah, They've like when they can get everybody for, playing, you know. Yeah. But it, it's, it's been so rare for them to get everyone playing. You know, the last well, before the la- before Gilroy came in, didn't have half their panel because they were just yeah. weren't playing. And yeah. like when they kind of were making a big inroads for a couple of years, then that everything just fell through. And then Gilroy came in and kind of got it back together. And now, yeah. so. Yeah. But it's kind of a, a really funny, isn't it? Over a weekend, not, not funny if you're in Galway, but there are two teams. Suffered I was thinking this yesterday. Uh, it is with, with Galway funny. managers. <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, called yeah. the shots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 even yesterday, as I was sort of writing this up, I was going, "My God, like, uh, what are we? Eighteen months off from the twenty seventeen All Ireland final, and both teams gone out of the championship. Yeah, in the second week of June, yeah. Waterford and Galway both gone. Like it's, it does sort of t- tend towards telling you, you know, the. The, the flatness of the field in general uh, in in hurling maybe Tipper going to kind of break, break loose out of that but like it's it's is uh, it's kind of fascinating to watch it, it brings scoring difference hugely like the two the that's two, what it came down to yeah. you know and and like definitely in Leinster, Leinster came down to who you know yeah. who did their business against Carlo against you know Carlo. ultimately it came down Galway, to to Galway had a had that sort of lethargic opening day where they only won by six points. Kilkenny went out the next day and gave them an yeah. unmerciful hide mm-hmm. and the, showed the other teams what to do and the other teams all won by the, double digits. The only thing about that though and I'm not disagreeing with anything you say but the, the obviously it would be slightly unwelcome in one sense if if beating up the fifth team in, in Leinster mm. became mm. the determining factor but I think you've also got to look at kind of strange things like you know not strange things, but Dublin getting that equaliser against Wexford, Wexford at the yeah, death in, in, in Parnell yeah. Park. Wexford coming back from nowhere to get yeah. the draw in Galway. Yeah. I mean, that cost Galway as much as Oh, Carlo just as much, and, yeah, yeah. And then Galway not closing the deal with yeah. Parnell oh, Park. Oh, look, it, it is a complete freak that they all that the four mm. of them landed on four points because they, they even did it different, or on five points, because they even did it different ways. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. Wexford, Wexford had three draws yeah. and a win, you know. So it... Uh, it it is it was sort of freakish that it came down to that, but uh, yeah. So uh, Wexford Kilkenny final. It just shows though the kind of all Ireland hangover and hurling kind of is nearly extending to two like Tipperary. It took them so long to recover mm. from, and then Galway now is two years of just flown by like that. And mm. so you've you've Limerick who, are, who were flying it in the league as both Galway and Tip were after winning their All Ireland, but you know they could very easily wind down. Mm. Listen, thanks a million. Uh, thanks for coming in, Sean, and we will uh, catch Welcome. you along the way as we go along. Cheers. You're listening to the Irish Times. I've worked out what uh, the secret uh, to Ross Common's glory is, Eamon. Yeah. Uh, it's the fact that we get you on the podcast for the. 
<laughs> I'm a lucky omen. You're a totally lucky omen. So you were, uh, uh, you watched the, the Mayo game uh, in, no, no, that was the Liverpool game you were in LA for. Yeah. Uh, and then you were on the podcast on Monday. So that was good for them. <laughs> Uh, Mayo, uh, you were on the podcast that Monday, and now Connacht fan, you were yeah. on the podcast that Monday. You'll have to book me in for the Monday after our Ireland final day. I just think Pat, <laughs> I just think Pat is never going to come back. No. <laughs> I I love your heightened ambitions. Not for not for the day after some of the Super Eight. No, you, no, you're, you're not coming Ireland. back until the All Ireland final. We're going All straight right, for it now. There's no stopping us. Keith Duggan was uh, in a beautiful Salt Hill yesterday. Uh, before we go anywhere, Keith, is there a less popular ground with it, with people now that the than Salt Hill? Yeah, well, you know, you certainly feel like you've accomplished something just by making it to the ground. <laughs> and you know, when Galway uh, was the way it was yesterday, which is to say, just raining cats and dogs from early morning, uh, traffic gridlock, sort of, you know, from all avenues into the city, it seems. From around sort of half past 12, you know, when people actually make it as far as Pierce Stadium, you know, they're kind of, they're sort of a wee bit tearful and also euphoric, you know, so they're kind of drained before the game even yeah. starts. And that's that's half past 12 for a four o'clock for throw a four in. four o'clock game, yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's just one of those, it, 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 it never, it, 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 it can't or won't change. It's just the way things are there. It's sort of inexplicable. It's so, it yeah, one it's, of those things that there is no fixing. It's it's tough, but I imagine um, I imagine the most common supporters be more than willing to to uh, to t- to tough it out if if they keep getting results they've been getting there over the past couple of years. So tell us, like uh, ten five at half time to Galway. Uh, what were you thinking? Was it was that was it going to be? Did you imagine it'd be kind of routine from there? And and how did it not turn out to be so? Yeah, the the, the general feeling um, in the stadium. At half time was sort of one of one of kind of resignation and acceptance, you know. Galway seemed to have pulled away with no with no great difficulty uh, over that kind of closing seventeen eighteen minutes. And I mean, as, as you saw, both teams, you know, the first first sort of twelve to fifteen minutes, a lot of good scores by 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 both sides. Um, but the the sort of the 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 tension and pace within the game it wasn't really what you you know what you might have come to expect and I think it was partly to do with the weather and, and, and the rain and whatnot. it was just sort of moseying along um, so yeah nobody anticipated Ross Common coming out and just blitzing our, uh, Galway as they did uh, in the opening period after, after half time I suppose the way Galway played in that second half not only was it kind of absurd kind of tactics and the way they sat back and like the defensive system was just completely flawed and it was also strange that it reminded me of how they played in the first half last year they just completely stood off they allowed Roscommon to just float around completely unmarked I'd say the entire Roscommon half back line half forward line and midfield have never had more freedom than they did in that second half and yeah it was strange I mean certainly I think Roscommon once they got those early couple of scores they did press up a little bit more than they had been doing in the first half also so suddenly, like you know, Garrett Bradshaw had the freedom of 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 uh, Pierce Stadium in the first half, but he was a lot busier and sort of penned in throughout the uh, throughout the second half. And as you say, yeah, Galway they just sort of fell into that defensive shell, but they were just covering rather than yeah. trying to pressurize Ross Common. And you, you saw the way. I mean, um, I think 
it was Niall Daly skipped through uh, for for score. Shane Caloran just just bounced through two 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 Galway players to take a score. They were just getting through way way too easily. Um, it looked as if Galway kind of expected to be able to sort of, you know, manage the game through the second half. Just keep Roscommon at bay, keep the scores ticking over. And once they were hit with that with that burst of early scores, they sort of didn't really they didn't really seem to know how to respond. And I think everything that happened afterwards was a sort of um, it, it, it was a consequence of that. There's it. it they looked to have a terrible lack of. I don't know, Im- imagination or inventiveness or initiative, maybe maybe initiative is, is the word. Because uh, as Eamon says, the, you know, they they get so many men back, but they're so passive. And uh, that passivity then translates translated itself, the longer that game went on, into the way that they were attacking as well. Like uh, there was a bit about sort of six minutes from the end where they sort of moved the ball forward, got to the Common 45, and it was like genuinely, and, and I always kind of roll my eyes when I hear you know people kind of making comparisons and saying, "Oh, you know, uh, Gaelic football has become basketball, or it has become rugby, or it has become whatever the hell it is." But there was a period of like a, a ten seconds period of play where it was as if they were playing rugby, like they were mm. passing, hand passing the ball backwards, running lines off each other and just retreating back, back, back the pitch. And eventually Shane Walsh kicked a ball forward and uh, found found the, the inside corner forward. And I, I think they got a shot off and it actually it dropped short, it dropped into the keeper's hand. But um, it was just, it the, the end game just seemed to me or felt to me like a real sort of indictment of the last few years of of where that they have found themselves. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to it's it, it, it's hard to argue against that um against that point right now after that performance. A couple of things happened. Um Russ Common put David Murray and Ian Burke and he really did very very well in stifling now the quality of possession going into Burke wasn't um it was far from ideal, mm. but you know, in the second half Burke kind of he, partly because he was sort of uh, helping out in defence, had to drop back deeper on a few occasions. He got his hands on the ball and looked up and there was nobody really to play the ball to. Mm. You know, there was a massive chasm between sort of, um, you know, the sort of the mainstay of the Galway team and whoever they had, the one person they happened to to leave up front. Um, and, they're, yeah, they're, their attack just stagnated. They couldn't, they just weren't even... They weren't even really getting into the final third uh, of, of of the pitch very much over the course of the second half. The shot you're referring to, yeah, Shane Walsh. I mean, it was it, it would it looked like it was going to be a, a terrific point, just tailed wide at the end. Yes, but again, he was forced into doing that. There was literally nothing else on. Russ Common dropped back as well, and they kind of once they once they got, took the initiative, they kind of they dared go with to play through them, and they just weren't able to do that. Um, Look, I mean, Kevin Walters reluctant to go into this, but obviously they're not, you, you know, Comer is still out. He was a massive focal point uh, for that Galway attack over the past couple of seasons. They're also missing a couple, you know, they're missing several other kind of senior players at the moment. So they're they're kind of light, but still, it's, yeah, it's hard to, you know, two points in the second half, one from play. It's... um. It, it's 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 just a bad day for them. It's not it's not the way of the future. What about Anthony Cunningham, Eamon? Like 
this guy has some record. Football and hurling, club football, like, and 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 he's a guy who's even as he went into the Ross Common job, his his reputation, you know, wasn't all singing, all dancing. You know, people kind of going, oh, Anthony Cunningham, yeah, fair enough. He's been around. He, he skips from job to job. Does a bit here, does a bit there. But my like his record of achievement Fantastic, across yeah. different teams, different sports, different sorts of teams. Um, you know, it's it's very tough to argue mm. with at this stage. But I think it just shows if you bring organization with intensity and aggression, like it's it's, it's going to be a system because, like, if you're if you're playing with intent and aggression, you, you're, there's an end goal in your play. Like where Galway have no actual end goal in their play. Like he, his whole philosophy is tackle and work work hard. It's very hard to do that in the modern game because of the way. That Play, teams use the size of the pitch it's very hard to be aggressive because you can't be aggressive with someone when he's so far away from you so that's where they've created a system which allows them to be aggressive and it suits for common football he plays that that way with all of his teams he did the same thing with Gary Castle um, so it's it's not just like Bridget's and, but the way he plays football suits Roscommon like you know Kevin McStay with with a great win two years ago, but like Kevin's football isn't Roscommon football. Like it's nice kicking and it's nice, but that's Roscommon football is the same way Fergie's minors played throughout history. Roscommon are aggressive in your face, and no one likes playing against them. Where that Roscommon team, even when they were winning two years ago or last year, anyone would love playing them because mm. they they were a soft touch. Where this Roscommon team, there's no big strong physical men on it at all, but they're all so aggressive. And they're given every, and that's because Cunningham demands it. Mm. And as a fan watching them, like it's great to watch them. Like um, you're just very proud watching them because yeah. they're given it everything. Don't cry now, Ian. it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. But they're they're the beginning of the second half. They're getting involved in the off the ball stuff, and you just knew that. I think Galway didn't have any reply to it. Mayo didn't have any reply to it. And if you if you can't respond to that, you know, in a, in a kind of final, or kind of semi final, like what what chance do you mm. really have like and all the systems and stuff go out of the window if you can't bring that to it and Galway haven't found a way of bringing that to any big game this system Galway system I think just literally works against limited teams mm, maybe, yeah. it doesn't work against a team that can have any kind of imagination or any kind of you know do things a bit differently yeah. Keith the other thing that, that Roscommon have to sort of uh, top and tail all of it um, like Connor Cox has been a great addition to them and um, it's funny when you hear some of the some sort of Kerry people talking about him. They they're kind of going, ah, it's great, it's great for the young lad. You know, he's got gone away up there, and he, and 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 good luck to him now. You know, and and it's great, good to see. But but you you don't get the sense that that there's anybody in Kerry going, that's that's one we let let get away. Like, no, not yet. And yeah. I mean, look when you look at the um, when you look at go just run through the Kerry. The Kerry attack right now yeah, it's still yeah, you know it's it's, <laughs> it's it's extremely deep. Um, Connor Cox was absolutely he's been. I mean, he was great for his comment throughout the league as well, and he's certainly given them um, an added dimension. And the strange thing about yesterday's game was that even though Russ Common completely flipped it in the second half, there was very little between it and the scoreboard. Galway hadn't they hadn't quit. In fairness to them, they mm. they were still they were still looking they were still looking to play and try and try and get something from the game. And over those over those, those the last two scores that was common, God, Cox he he was he was begging for the ball. He wanted that moment. And as soon as he got as soon as he got possession, you know he'd only one thing in his mind, 
and his self belief was was extraordinary, oh. and his confidence in those in through those moments was extraordinary. And yeah, he's 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 good fun to watch, and it's 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 kind of Roscommon are interesting now because obviously, as you said, they've gone into Mayo and won. Now they've gone into Galway and won. They're kind of champions. They go into the Super Eights. They're still kind of regarded, I think, maybe as sort of you know a team that's sort of punching above its weight, mm. but. It's going to be interesting to see what they think about that, you know, like at what stage do they come to be regarded as a team that's going to be consistently capable capable of 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 troubling and maybe eliminating, you know, uh, perceived All-Ireland contenders yeah. and maybe entering that that kind of conversation themselves. Yeah, because it's going to be big for them. Like their the first game of the Super 8s is at home, isn't it? That's the way it works for the Provincial Champions, Champions this yeah. year. So... Down at the Hyde, first the first game mm. of the Super Eight, like it could be, you know, obviously it could be Mayo going there, it could be Tyrone going there, it could be Monaghan going there, it could be, mm. you know, there, there's a, a whole host of teams that could be going there. But you know, it's like they will, they will be right up for it. Yeah. They will love every bit of that. But it's not a case of you know a county kind of coming in and managers done a massive job on them. Like in, th- these West Common lads have won at every grade. They've played in All Ireland minor final. One All Ireland minors won been in all Ireland under twenty one finals, mm. some of them in two All Ireland under twenty one finals. They've won numerous Connacht titles. They've beaten Galway and Mayo constantly mm. at underage. There's so many Sigerson medals on that team, which is the real kind of uh judge for, for under for underage talent coming through. They've got now numerous league titles. They've got a lot of them have two Connacht titles now. They're they really fancy themselves. Mm. Like they have no they have very little fear of a lot of counties. Like if they were to play Cavan tomorrow morning they 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 would be going back to a reservoir of underage, you know, head-to-heads and stuff like that. There's very few teams that they'd actually fear past Kerry and Dublin. Yeah, and yet I wonder, are, are there any sort of scars left over for, from last year? Tyrone, yeah. Like yeah. If they were to play Kerry, Tyrone or Dublin, they'd be, you'd be worried. But outside of that, I don't think they'd fear there, there's no, is it, is it, There's no little hint of, oh, geez, don't let us get Mayo again. No, not at all. I'd say really? they'd be delighted to get Mayo. Yeah. Or if they got Mayo or Galway <laughs> again, I'd say they'd be absolutely delighted. Because again, this is different. It's like if you looked at the 2001 team and they were such a great bunch that were, you know, they're, when they were just hitting their peak, they were, they were, they were torn apart for, 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 for wrong reasons. But they didn't have that success on their edge. They won mm. one con at under 21, but they weren't like, this This is a golden generation in Roscommon. Mm. And like a lot of people have been talking about this Roscommon team having only you know, there was only six from last year's kind of final. But that's kind of doesn't show the whole picture at all. Like if anything, this year's West Common team is a coming together more so than any other year. Maluli wasn't involved last year, he's yeah. back this year. The Dailies and Cottle Craig hadn't really been in, in McStay's plans and now they're they were they were key players before that and now sure, they're back yeah. in. So you've kind of got what Kevin had all the strands are kind of and what was before now, that yeah. coming in. So the Common are in a really good good place at the moment. Um, of the three Connacht teams, I think. All right, well, um, all right, Eamon, yeah. all right. We'll see. We'll see you in here the Monday after the All Ireland final. Okay, okay. You've you've booked yourself. You have to, you have to book it in. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, Keith. Thanks for thanks for taking the time. Uh, we'll chat to you as we go along. Thanks, guys. All the best. And thank you to you, Eamon. Uh, and thanks to Jenny behind the desk and Sean, who was in earlier talking about the hurling. And we will see everyone next week. Cheers, folks. <laughs> <laughs>